Welcome back to the show. Mike Smith in for Simi. Let's talk a little ride hailing now. And if you want to be a ride hailing driver, I think this is something that's gone through a lot of people's minds thinking like, you know, maybe this would be kind of a profitable little side hustle for me. Be a, a, a ride share driver. Why not? Well, what do you have to do in order to become a ride hailing driver? Let's check in with Dylan Green now. He's the CEO of Whistle Rideshare. This is the other ride sharing company uh, that's been approved to operate in British Columbia. They'll be operating in Whistler, and they are up and running today in Tofino on Vancouver Island. Dylan, thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks a lot, Mike. Okay, so you're up and running in Whistler already, right? No, Tofino. Oh, okay. We just started just today at 11 with our first rides. Uh, Whistler's going to be on Monday, so ah. we're launching first in Tofino, um, getting our feet wet, you know, to say. It's raining out in Tofino, of course, today, <laughs> and... Uh, Whistler will be Monday. You know, Whistler is prime time right now. It's their peak season. Um, so we're just making sure everything's perfect for when we launch in, in Whistler because it's going to be a busy day. Is that why you called your app Whistle? Because you'll be operating a Whistler? That was a big part of it, for sure. We yeah. saw yeah, we saw that in the name. And and uh, we're just trying to keep it keep it fun, you know. That's really, you know, we want to get there, make it fun in the app when we when we get all our little kinks sorted out, but maybe the app will whistle at you when your ride's at your place, you know? So we're just... Okay, I think it's a good name. What do you got to be, what do you got to do to be a ride-hailing driver? Let's let's start, first of all, with the Class 4 commercial driver's license. Have you got one of those yourself, a Class 4? I do, I do. I have a Class 2. I actually used to have a bus company, so... So anything um, like Class 2 and Class 1, of course, can do Class 4. There's two levels of Class 4. There's restricted Class 4, which is when you take your road test in your own vehicle. So that's like nine passengers plus you. And then there's unrestricted Class 4, which is uh, sort of like a mini bus driver, so up to 24 passengers. So really, you know, when you do a restricted Class 4, you're going to take the road test in your own car and try not to be intimidated when you go to take your knowledge test. The very first step is getting your knowledge test. Um, you, you, you go with the ICBC auto plan, and you get the commercial um, booklet that you have to study on to pass your knowledge test. And it's a big book. You know, it's got everything in there to air brakes for class one, class two, class three, class four. So you really got to focus on the sections in the book that are really just talking about class four restricted, right? So hopefully, you know, ICBC will come out to really help you know, rideshare drivers get on board is, is, is put out a booklet that's just focusing on restricted class four drivers because, you know, when you're driving your own car, you don't need to know about air brakes, right? So, oh, yeah. um, so, you know, I don't want anyone to get overwhelmed. Like we have run three sessions, um, two in Whistler and one in Tofino, just, just welcoming anyone that's curious about driving and giving them little tips, um, going through the book, showing them what chapters to study, giving them tips about, you know, what to expect when you take your knowledge test and yeah, the booklet's a bit overwhelming. So we're just trying to, yeah. you know, let people know that hey, you know, you don't need to do this section on air brakes, right? So, but would you be tested on that though? And I agree with you, by the way. Like for a lot of people saying, I just want to be a ride hailing driver. I'm not driving a Mack truck here. Why do I got to learn about air brakes? But when you do a test, do they test you on that stuff? Do you got to know they, it? They do test you on a lot yeah. of the chapters, but specifically air brakes. You know, you're not going to have to take some of those those chapters and so oh. in the first couple of pages there's a good little grid that tells you you know if you're taking this test you have to study these chapters yeah. you know and so you know we're just the big thing is just trying to get people to take the test you know you can do it again if you don't pass the first time and there's lots of on icbc and actually icbc app there's a great little um tester app that will go through a mock test 
a, a mock knowledge test for you. So just okay. keep doing those those tests. And then actually the Richmond Library has a really good link for some road signs you got to know. So I would just keep doing those 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 mock tests until you feel comfortable. And I think the key thing is once you pass your knowledge test is book that road test, right? Because there's only so many road tests. And so just as soon as you pass, there's no delay that you have to do to do your road test. And the road test is in your own car. Like it's, it's it, you know, you're comfortable in your own car, you know, you know, that, that's almost going to be the easy part of it. Right. So um, we're just really trying to break down those barriers. There's nothing right. you know, too crazy here. Um, you know, just get your uh, knowledge test. What's the typical waiting time to actually get one of these licenses? How long does it take? Well, you know, if you say you take a week to study, do your knowledge test, and then I think average waiting, hopefully with ICBC uh, road driver licensing is about two weeks, um, Mm. two to three weeks. And and if there's a real um, ICBC is watching how many people are passing their knowledge tests, that's what they're saying to us. And so if all of a sudden they see, Oh my gosh, in Squamish, you know, this week there was 50 knowledge tests that were passed. They're going to start adding more driver licensing tests in, in that oh. area. So oh. they are aware that ride sharing is brand new and they're watching how many knowledge tests are being passed for class four restricted and they're adding in driver licensing opportunities in those areas. Okay, what kind of now, when you drive your own car for a ride hailing company, there are rules around the type of car you're allowed to drive, right? Like it's got to be a later model car. It can't be too old, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know. So you need to have a 10-year car and newer. Um, 10-year. 10-year and one month because they didn't want a whole bunch of vehicles expiring at midnight on New Year's Eve, you know, the busiest night of the year. So 10 years and one month, um, you have to get your vehicle inspected by an approved inspection facility. And then you have to keep up with that inspection as well. If you're doing, you know, 40,000 kilometers or more, then that becomes a six-month inspection as opposed to an annual inspection. Um, we also have to do a criminal record check for a vulnerable sector. And that's actually what is actually taking some of the longest because that one actually has to get mailed back in a sealed envelope from Ottawa. So, you know, that's, you know, we've been coming up to that one. So if you're interested Get your knowledge test, book your road test, and right away get your RCMP a criminal record vulnerable sector check because you know that's one of the items that is taking some time. Um, and then uh, we have to also get a driver's abstract from you, an N abstract, a commercial abstract, where we can you know we have to make sure that there's only so many points on your on your driver's abstract. Okay, okay, I'm interested in that driver record check. Like, let's say for example, you've got you know you got a speeding ticket on there from. Five years ago, does that disqualify you from being a a ride hail no, driver? Be okay, you're allowed to have. It's sort of like it's, it's, it, it sticks to the same point system that we're all used to. So you know, we're allowed to have you know f- uh, four offensible uh, points, and then there's certain ones that are you know obviously you know you know DUIs and stuff that are just absolute not no. Yeah, what right? would be what would rule you out as a ride hailing driver immediately? Like, like if you've got a an impaired case on your record, you can't be a ride hail driver, I assume, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and any driver, there is a process. If, if we've deemed you unfit, there's a process for drivers to, uh, to ask why. They can sort of, not, not necessarily, dispute's the wrong word, but they can, you know, they can ask, you know, why, um, why they've been turned down. Okay, what about insurance? Does the company pay for ICBC for the insurance cover for, coverage for the driver, or does the driver have to pay insurance? 
yeah, actually, the insurance has been really well done by ICBC. So if you're a driver, you don't have to change your rate class at all. Like you stick with your your exact same rate class for what you do. You normally use your car for. Uh, you, all you have to do is go into AutoPlan and say that you're a driver for Whistle, and they add that onto the insurance. And since it's all in the app, the minute you accept a ride and are deadheading to pick up the passenger, and while you have the passenger in the car, it's on our insurance. So anything right. that happens in that in that time. Um, it's on our insurance. We have you covered, and we've gone for sort of the maximum insurance um, that we can get with the five million three hundred comp and collision. Um, so you know, our goal is really to try to get yeah to get as many locals interested in ride sharing using their own cars to collect fares, and really, I don't we don't want to be out of pocket to give it a try. You know, this is an opportunity for yeah. the very first time for you to make money with your own car. So give it a try, you know, there are the steps that you have to take, but, you know, you know, we're trying to make it so that you're not out of pocket um, besides the, the beginning licensing uh, fees um, to, to give it a try and, and see if you can make some extra money with it. Speaking to Dylan Green from the Whistle Rideshare app launching today in Tofino on Vancouver Island, launching on Monday in Whistler, and we're talking about what you have to do to be a ride-hailing driver. Uh, the insurance is pretty cool, the, the, the way they've structured it, so that when when you're not driving for ride hail and you turn off the app, you're covered on your own insurance, but as soon as you click on the app that you're available for duty, then you're covered by the ride hail insurance. Pretty amazing how the technology has been working on this. Yeah, no, it, the technology is definitely coming through on that one, and it's even more specific. It's like the minute you accept a ride and are deadheading for that ride and also while you're with the passenger because people understand that you could have the app on just at home and and, and, we, and we're really transparent with the rides that are coming in to make sure that you want to take that ride like if you don't really want to go to that destination because it's way in the wrong way you're going then you don't have, you can reject that request right so you know we're trying to make it so that hey i'm actually going across town to do an errand i'm just going to turn on my i'm going to wait till a ride going in that direction uh, happens and you can wait until you you have the ride you want so you can have your app um, online and, and the minute you actually tap to accept that's when the the icbc coverage is triggered onto our insurance right right how much can you make driving for ride hail i mean i know you're with with, with whistle your own sort of smaller app but generally speaking like i've heard some people say like oh man you know these ride hail drivers are not paid fairly they're kind of exploited What's your perspective on that? Like, how much money can people make doing this? Well, you're totally right. Like, we're we're kind of trying to sell our app to passengers. You know, hey, this is an amazing app. And at the same time, we're trying to, you know, really promote it with drivers. Say, hey, you know, you can make some money here, right? So we're we're, we're yeah. definitely, you know, so we've set like a minimum minimum ride is ten dollars. So if you're just going one block, we recognize that our drivers are going to have to deadhead deadhead to get that person, and you know. And so we want to make it worth their while to go and do that. So we've, in, in the communities that we are, where we've got, you know, single highways, long highways going through our communities, you know, we want to make that the minimum. Um, and we've, we haven't gone super low. Like, we're not trying to replace taxi companies. We're trying to add cars and help out. And so our rates are pretty much very similar to, to taxi fares. So, you know, we're really not trying to, like, go super low here we're trying to make it worthwhile for our drivers and then add cars and, and provide a good service to passengers that really just want to arrive they want to know when the ride's coming they want to know how long it's going to take to get their destination you know and really that's so that's sort of the you know the we're trying to you know attract both sides and, and yeah. so that's the pricing model that we've done to try to do both 
I think one of the things that's attractive to people if they want to try this for themselves is, first of all, there's a lot of hurdles you got to clear, especially getting that class four commercial license that you just described. But it's certainly not impossible for people to do it if they if they if they try uh, and to study and, and pass the test. You can do it. I think for a lot of people, it's attractive to be able to work your own hours, right? Like. You know, I, I feel like working for a couple hours today, I'll turn the app on and I'm on duty and I can make a couple of bucks. Is, is that the way you guys are operating in, with Whistle as well in, in Tofino and Whistler, that people set their own hours when they want to work? For sure. And I mean, that's yeah. actually when ride sharing starts to work because you really want what we're talking about. Is you need lots of cars, say, on a busy Friday afternoon or when yeah. the when the plane lands in Tofino. And so, you know, the casual drivers are going to know, hey, if I turn this app on for two or three hours at this time, I'm going to, I'm going to make the most amount of money. And so all of a sudden there, there's the solution. There's that mobility solution. A local transportation company couldn't have enough cars and drivers, a fleet of cars and drivers, just for that two hours when the plane arrives or, or, or when everyone's going to the restaurants, you know, and, and then the rest of the day is dead. So that's why... Yeah. You know, if you're opening up, you know, locals with their own cars who want to make a fare, then they can just flood that little peak request time and, and, and make quite a bit of money in a short time and then just go back to their day-to-day. So, I mean, that's the solution, right? That's, that's it right there. Dylan, congratulations on your success so far. Good luck with the launch. Thanks so much, Mike. Okay, thank you. As Dylan Green. He is the CEO of the Whistle ride-hailing app, which has been approved to operate in Whistler. They launched there on Monday and also into Fino on Vancouver Island.